Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I are playing the Delta Green role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is Lover in the Ice. It was written by Caleb Stokes, and it's part of the Delta Green universe. I am the handler, and this is episode two. Our recap will be given by Dan DePolis as his character, Agent Elkhorn. I would like to mention that this scenario has some very gross body horror and violence of a sexual nature. So if you would rather not, we have a lot of other less graphic content for you to enjoy. I'd also like to mention that we have some new patrons. Um, good in, his name is Good Is Not Nice, uh, has pledged a generous $10 a month. Uh, Phil H., uh, a longtime patron, has increased his pledge to uh, $6.36. He's probably paying in some foreign currency. And uh, Sigurd Jur has pledged $1 a month. This is amazing. Uh, our deep thanks to uh, Good Is Not Nice, Phil and Sigurd. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Dan? <clears throat> Case log number 1247. Report made Friday, January 6th, 2017. During the course of my standard duties, I, Agent Elkhorn, was contacted by an agency handler on Thursday, January 5th, 2017. I, along with the assembled team, was made aware of a potential case involving the preternatural centering around a climatic anomaly with a point of origin in the vicinity of La Fontaine, Missouri. Conditions of extreme cold hit the area on January 2nd and have caused general failure of infrastructure and utilities in the area. We were advised that a clandestine materials cache, or green box, may have been compromised in La Fontaine. Our task is to rule out the possibility that material stored in an agency facility contributed to a natural disaster. We began by tying in with a contact at the local utility company in La Fontaine to establish a preliminary line of inquiry. Upon first contact with the utility company, we discovered that our agency-friendly agency contact, Skip Mills, who is responsible for looking after the green box, has been exhibiting odd behavior and failing to report to work. Since we could not make contact with Mills, we elected to get eyes on the green box, a storage unit at a local facility. It had been compromised by a fallen tree that broke down the exterior door, leaving the interior and its contents unsecured and partially exposed to the elements. Inside the unit, we found an array of currently unidentified objects. Important to note is the presence of a black tar-like liquid throughout the container and on the surface of several of the objects. We carefully stowed the items for transport in our vehicle, collected security footage of the facility, and returned to our accommodations to methodically identify, catalog, and safely store the objects from the green box. A team is going to make contact with Mills at his residence while the cataloging occurs. All right, so you are all still at the uh, hotel suite. What are you going to do? What are your plans? I believe it was at Alarm and Delilah were going to remain in index while the three remaining agents were going to make contact with Mills. That was the that was the notion. Um, since Agent Carey admitted uh, experience with 
medical issues, but wanted uh, definitely to have some physical backup in case the situation is dangerous. That was the division we were considering. Now, Carrie, do you have any PPE for us? Uh, yes, I do. Um, face masks, nitrile gloves. Um, I could probably procure some like gown, surgical gowns, that kind of thing. I don't have anything to the level of hazmat. Oh, but, that'll do. Um, at least take some, you know, N95s and some nitrile gloves, at the very least. Is there a first aid kit in the hallway? Of the hotel? Yes. I, I think, think we've never seen that before. I think we didn't we ask the nice lady at the facility for something to that end? She gave us radios. If we didn't already ask, she you could probably make that your first stop since it's across the street. Yeah, because I'd be interested in the hydrogen peroxide or alcohol. There there might be we can see that the gear that was provided to you by Delta Green probably has some med kits in it. I, I'm at least carrying a first aid kit. Okay, then I'll start loading all this equipment into the uh, vehicle. Okay, before that happens, uh, Agent Bones, um, you you guys are on the second floor, right? Sure. Um, you, you step out of the door and you take a few steps down the hall and down where the stairs are, um, a police officer uh, is just coming up the stairs and uh, uh, he sees you and the way you're dressed and uh, he, his eyes brighten and he starts walking towards you. I will put my hand up for a handshake. Uh, he says, um, nice I'm, you. I'm sorry to bother you. Are you the FEMA people? Yes, I'm uh, Mac Davidson, the FEMA op supervisor. I was just speaking to uh, Miss uh, uh, Tanya over at the oh sure at the utilities. Um, uh, I'm I'm Officer Filigree. Uh, well, pleasure I've, to meet you, Officer. Uh, I've uh, in all the confusion of what's been going on. Uh, I. Uh, I was hoping that maybe I could take a look at the power grid and see which houses are um, have power. So you were thinking about tagging along with us? Well, no, not necessarily. Um, I was told that you had access to the grid on the computer. Uh, take a look and see what's going on there where I'm. You wanted you can do a psychology role. Uh, human. Yeah. Okay. Fourteen out of forty. Okay. Um, he stammers a little as he's talking to you. Uh, you get the impression that he's working on some sort of case, but maybe he's not doing it on the, on the clock. Um. There, there would be normally all sorts of procedures that you go through for this, but... Uh, okay, so then I'd say to him, mm, I'm afraid I can't give you the authorization for that. You'd have to go through the head. Well, uh... Tanya, yeah, that's... did you speak to her? Well, I mean, she sent me over to talk to you. 
she's pretty busy. So are we. Yeah, I understand. Um, I don't know. Uh, okay, so last night uh, I found a body. Really? And, uh, yeah, uh, looks like it might have been a homeless fellow. Um, I I would have guessed, you know, at first that he'd frozen to death, but there was some there were some really odd things about it, and I. I have a funny feeling that he came from a house um, and I wanted to see where, you know, I'm trying to figure out maybe where he came from. Well, quite frankly, officer, the people that are still alive need our help. Well, that's what everybody keeps saying, but you know, yes. uh, um, why I don't mean, we get back to this when everything thaws out? Follow proper procedures. Right now, people are freezing to death. And we well, need to give I them just, aid. I was wondering if this guy was, like, wandering around or had some sort of distress. See, he he was in his underwear and socks. Well, that's a common uh, symptom of extreme cold, hypothermia. Yeah, no, I don't hallucinate, think he... Strip. I, I, I think he was assaulted, but... Um, I if there's nothing you can do. Uh, no, I'm uh, afraid not. Have you talked to your police chief? Uh, the police don't care. They're too busy on other things to worry about homeless people. I just don't think the guy was homeless. But and you're uh, you're an officer of this city, yes? Did you know him? Yes. What's that? Do you know your beat? Of course I do. Oh, well, do you know the identity of this man? Any friends and family that he had? No. This is, uh, like I say, that's what I'm trying to find out right now. He's just John Doe. But I have a funny feeling that he's not, I mean, he doesn't look like a homeless person. He's clean cut. Okay. Uh, uh, looked like he was in pretty good physical shape. Right. But he's uh, I'm going to pull up a map. Where did you find this body? Uh, over on Washington. And it's still there? Oh, no, no, it's in the city morgue. Okay. And you said you knew the person. No, I didn't say oh, okay. that. I said that I found him while I was patrolling, looking for anything, you know, out of the, uh, considering the, the, the disaster that's going on right now. Look, I'm, I, I'm, I'm interested in solving this. Nobody else is. Uh, you know, if I can solve the case, then I'll maybe get a promotion or something. I've always Here, wanted why don't to be you take my number? We'll keep in touch, but I am scheduled to actually head out right now. So, all right, all right. If you have a little patience, maybe I can work. Well, with you. how about I give you two of my cards so that you can call me if if you of have course. the time? And uh, right. it's um. It's uh, Deputy Eli Filigree. Okay. And I think I have a correction. Okay. Body on. So you're going to continue to. He's going to walk away. It looks a little dejected, but. Uh... His, when he pointed out the location of the body on the map, how close was that to Skip's house? 
Um, a couple of blocks over. Mm, okay. So skips houses. Bite my lip a little, but as he's walking away, I'll make a hand signal and say, "Let's go, team." Just to make a show of being in charge. Okay. All right. Well, uh, lead the way, Bones. Your car. Yep. Davidson. Sorry. And I'll explain to them. Uh, I'll, I'll turn back. Who's driving, by the way? I can drive. All right. So I'll sit in the passenger seat, and I'll turn back to you, Curry. Mm. So apparently this homeless fellow was found without any clothing, uh, except his, for his underwear, a couple blocks away from Skip's. It's strange. Uh, you know, paradoxical undressing is a, a symptom of hypothermia, but... That does happen. It does. So it, we can it play does. it off for um, that if it's something else. Yeah, if, if, we, if it's something else, we should definitely play it like that. But, the body is at the morgue, yeah. and if there is some kind of virus or spreading of this vector, we need to check out the morgue as well. Yes, I agree. For clarity, is this back in the suite, or is this when you guys have boarded your vehicle? I think we're uh, most likely in the vehicle. But we, we can text. It's fine. So, for expediency's sake, should we... Since there are three of us, should one of us go to the morgue and figure out like a cause of death while the other two talk to Skip, just to see if there's a contagion going around that we could catch earlier? Well, either way, I want Curry on on both sites. Okay. So we'll probably have to do it one after the other. Which one's closer? We could ask Delilah and Alarm to just go check that. Like, this feels a little more urgent than the cataloging the green box contents. But... You're in charge, Bones. So let me. Oh, I'm not in charge. I only pretend that I am. But that being said, you're the one with the medical expertise. I don't know if Delilah or Alarm. They might. I mean, I'm the only one that's been forthcoming about my skills. I don't know if Delilah and Alarm could also help in that way. Curie, with your expertise, do you reckon um, you could call the morgue? so that by the time we're done contacting Mills, we could stop by and they've got like a full report ready for us. Yeah, I think we could, that's, I think easily enough to do. FEMA wouldn't have any business requesting an autopsy report or anything. Hmm. Maybe you could, you could pitch it as we're on an interagency operation, mm. and you're working on behalf of another agency. I think I can spin that. I'm a I'm a bureaucrat. I'm a lawyer. Yeah, so. I'm I'm not so hot on bureaucracy. So if you want to give that, so, make that call. Yeah, I could get a alarm in Delilah the credentials. Okay, they could at least get the work started for us. You know, like a, even if they don't have a medical specialty. Some looking at a body sometimes we can tell what when something's gone. Yeah, and awry. we can't we can radio them because mm -hmm. I it just occurred to me that the cellular towers are down, so we can't really text or call. So and radioing is in uh, unsecure.
Well, I think we're just going to have to leave them to cataloging. And when we get there, we get there. Okay. We're out on our own and time's ticking. Wait, so we don't have a way to call? Or... No. Uh, I mean, we can with the radio, but oh, that's unsecure. Yeah. Landlines down too? Uh, are they? I was back, given that storm, probably a lot of them, but there probably wouldn't be any functioning payphones to use. Well, right. there's the power power is down in areas, so it might also affect the if there's telephone, telephone poles down, it'll just cut off the grid. Yeah. Some telephones will work, some won't. Some are buried cables. It's hit or miss. Where is the coroner's office in relation to where we're going? Downtown. It's not a not a huge town, so um, Yeah, which one's closer? The morgue or Skips? Well, Skips is across the bridge. Um, okay. And the morgue is uh yeah, you guys are so we'll you guys are the in the city utilities. So. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah, we could swing in, say that uh we've got a stop that we have to make, but let them know that our intention is to come back after that stop. And uh We'd like to have body like prepped and like uh, any paperwork or documentation that they have put together for us when we get back. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. Um, so you're heading to the morgue first. Okay. Yes. And uh, who's up back at the apartment? Okay, you guys, um, why don't you guys roll uh, inside-sided dice? Each of us? Just one of you. I'm, I'm not going to have you doing two different things at the same time. So it's a 10. Oh. From Delilah. 10. Hey. So you find a file folder uh, that it's in a little valise with a zipper on it. Um, you open it up, and there is an array of maps and uh, pieces of paper that, that seem to have been marked up. Looks like, from dates, it looks like maybe quite a few years of uh, collecting. Um, and as you go through the notes, you're you're pulling out these things. Okay, maps, uh, material from Chicago. Okay. Uh, there's uh, a meat packing location noted on one. There's a lot of material is older. There's writing in Hebrew on it, and it looks like they're tracing something like a sewer line, maybe or water lines. Hmm. Postcard indicating one building. Yeah, this is an investigation. Uh, this these materials are in a file folder in a zipped like leatherette. Right, and the file folder uh, says DG, temporary designation four four six five seven nine eight, archival documents of Mister Abner Lebowitz. City cartographer. Um, 
as you go through it, there are 14 survey maps, and they're dated from 1910 to 1924 uh, in the Stockyard District of Chicago, Illinois. Um, there is uh, There are things about Abner Leibowitz um, that he was charged with updating maps for city planning, electoral districts, census, and police records. Um, and then there are a bunch of things that show anomalies. And the anomalies, let's see, from, from 1912 onward, uh, there is this uh, Chambly uh, meatpacking plant. Um, it looks like Although he could find all of the information on the maps for it, he even finds a postcard from a faraway building that you can see the meatpacking plant. No matter what route he takes, and he's mapped out all of his routes, he cannot get to the Chablis meatpacking plant. No road leads to it. No, when you're on the street looking for it, it just doesn't seem to be there. This obsessed him for years uh, to the point where he was finally terminated in 1923. Um, he was then uh, arrested in 1924 uh, for breaking into the city archives um, and then he vanished without a trace. He's not been seen since June 20th, 1924. Poor Abner. Uh, I wonder whether this has anything to do with, I mean, I wonder how this relates to other items in the green box. Hmm. Um, would be nice, I, I guess that writing is uh, Yiddish. I wonder, I can't imagine that anybody in town is going to be able to translate Yiddish for us. Yeah. Um, um, remember, this is a, an abandoned green box, pretty much. So it hasn't been updated in 20 yeah. years, at least. Um, yeah, I think this is a really cool thing to look into. But I don't think it's particularly relevant to our situation right now. Um, no, it's well. It's relevant to the fact that our responsibility is to itemize yeah, as to well itemize as protect the these things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that goes with the um, weird wooden head and the red violin and the scary printout and the puzzle box and the puzzle box. I would like you both to do spot hiddens. Uh, by which you mean? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I always forget what I'm going to call it. Uh, uh, what is it? No, uh, alertness? Alertness. Alertness. Yeah. Alertness. Ooh, just I just made failed. it. I only made it by three. So. Okay. I failed by three. Uh, Agent Alarm. As you're looking this over, you, you're, you're chatting with uh, Agent Delilah. It suddenly something in the room that you're in has changed. You 
look over, especially when you make the reference, the head with the axe in it is not in the same place it was, or you've you're mentally tricking yourself, but it's it's on a different part of the counter. It's pointing in the different direction. Delilah. I mean that the 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 away team only left a minute ago. So mm. maybe somebody moved some stuff around. Um, I assume we're rebagging things after we make our notes because we are trying to limit exposure to this black tar, et cetera. But that uh, that that primitive uh, wooden head assemblage wasn't the handle pointed that way before, so nobody would walk into it. Huh? Yeah, it was. I maybe someone some, was messing with it. Yeah, it's very possible that somebody moved it. Um, I'm going to take a blank sheet of paper and line it up with the table that it's on so that it's flush. And I'm going to set the head on it so that if it shifts anymore, I mean, everything's all, all this stuff was hard frozen before we put it in the vehicle. So it could be yeah. warping as it thaws and stuff. Storing it, yeah. Um, but I don't like it. Um, Agent Alarm, do a, uh, wish I had a sheet in front of me. Um, call it a dexterity roll. Sure. Oof, regular success, 41. Okay. As you move the head and, you know, rotate it so that the handle's not sticking out, you realize that the, the axe is kind of loose. Mm. Again, Delilah, maybe it's the thawing, but this has some wiggle room now. Do you think there's any reason to see if there's some marking inside the wooden head or some marking on the blade or that's that's super weird we were holding it up by the by the axe before um yeah i mm, part of me says poke the bear part of me says lock it in a box and don't touch it again yeah i you know it's the same feeling i had about looking at that printout on the one hand it's not comfortable on the other hand it might be relevant. Assuming that the objects in that green box aren't just a separate collection of random stuff, and I think they probably are part of one op, because this is such a dinky nowhere place. Mm. I mean, how much has gone on? I'm gonna I'm gonna re-glove, peel the tape back. It'll be easier to manipulate the thing and it wrap it if the, if it's not actually like that because the that's true. Okay. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna have a look carefully. I'm just gonna casually what uh, what do you hold okay. on to my my big Leatherman torch as he does this? No <laughs> reason, just holding on to it. So I'm sorry. Are you taking the axe out of the head? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm opening the bag carefully with gloves on, and I'm 
giving it a yeah i'm pulling it out to see what's going on with the head and the axe blade okay you the axe blade comes out fairly easy now you do imagine that it was jammed in there pretty tight and maybe like you say the moisture and the the the, the air it's it's loosened up so you pull it out and you know the axe is heavy and the head is not very heavy um and as you you remove the one you're touching both of them i mean i've got gloves on but i'm probably right. having to do a little eat, 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 right? right to pop Just it out a little bit yeah so it it comes out in your it comes out um once you've got them separated what do you do uh, I was basically interested in seeing what the inside of the carving looked like, where the axe was embedded, and if there was anything on the axe blade that okay. wasn't um, visible. So you're holding the axe here. You're sort of yeah, looking. Sure. Down. As you as you look down into the crack of where the, the axe handle was, it's just wood. Um, but the head seems to sort of roll off balance sideways and uh you can do a another dex roll to see if you catch it otherwise it's just going to roll onto the floor fine roll 12 okay so it it starts to roll onto the floor you think that you just had it imbalanced and it was rolling over you try to lift it back up and set it back up on the the thing uh but if you let up any pressure on your hand, the head starts to roll again. Delilah, this thing wants to move on its own. Um, it's pretty round, as I recall. It's mostly, it's made more or less well, there's spherical. A, there's a neck, but there's, yeah. Yeah, it's a skinny but it's, neck, not, isn't it? it's not sitting on its neck. It wants to roll. Huh. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let it go, unless you okay. object. Uh, my only concern is if we let go of it and it rolls away, it could be troublesome. Maybe we can, because it's inside a bag, we can just seal up the bag and hold onto the bag and then just sort of see if it wants to go somewhere. Like, hold it free, and if it's going to, like, move, like, um, something in suspension, if it's uh trying to get back to something, or if it's just unstable and rolling around. I, I don't quite understand how we can hold it in a bag and let it go somewhere. At uh, so the same time. If, it, if it's moving of its own volition and it's like being attracted to something, yeah. then it would surely, if we're holding it in a, a big plastic bag uh, and it's able to like generate its own movement, we would see that movement in the bag itself. So, like, the, to test if it's actually moving or if it's just rolling around because it's unstable. Uh, okay. just rolling around if it's unstable, we can just leave it alone, pretty much. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's possible that like there's a. I mean, if the way it moved, it could be that there's, you know, like a, a metal weight inside the head that makes mm. it like a cheat dice, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, which you wouldn't. You do notice, Al, Al, uh, Agent Alarm, as you're talking to him and doing this. It really does now kind of seem like it's trying to roll on its own because you're holding it. You've got it balanced where it can't move. 
and it tries to sort of worm its way out of your fingers and go around. Yeah. It's it feels a, you're constantly. It feels a little like a kitten. It's like it's it's definitely not. I mean, if as long as we don't open any doors, where's it going to get away from us? There are air vents in this. Uh, it wouldn't fit in the air vent. <laughs> All right. I mean, if it smashes through a window, we've got a problem, but it's not airborne at the moment. Yeah, it depends how quick you can get to, I guess. And we can set it for, I mean, you know, how little kids learn how to walk. We'll set it on one end, we'll stand on the other and see how quick it goes. We could carry it to the bathtub and see if it just like keeps trying to roll out of the south That's end. That's an idea. Bathtub's a great idea. Let's put it okay. in. Agreed. I am going to, we've got, you know, we've got an abundance of industrial plastic bags. So I'm going to put the axe you know, loosely in one rather than just leaving it lying around to contaminate. Uh, and we'll go to the bathroom and see what the head does. All right. So you 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 roll it, you know, you pull the thing the curtain back and you set it in the bathtub. When you do it, start slowly at first. It just sort of sits there for a moment and then it starts to roll to the side and it rolls to one end of the bathtub. And uh then it stops for a second it rolls back to the other end of the bathtub and then all of a sudden it turns and it's looking right at you and it rolls this time more swiftly not not too swept it's still just rolling but it rolls to the end of the bathtub and sort of vaults itself up and out of the bathtub yeah. And onto okay. The floor. Grab that. Grab, we're gonna grab that. I've got. I've still got gloves on. Um, uh, I think we should put the axe back in the head. That sounds like a great idea, Agent Alarm. Yeah. Um. Any trouble doing that? No. Does Fairly the um, grab? Does the angry wooden head seem to chill out when it's not? What's weird is you don't really feel any physical force. It's not like trying to get away from you. Uh, it's it's just as light as it was before. But uh, if you set it down and leave it for a second, it starts to roll. Uh, worthy of study. Don't want it getting away. I uh, yeah. Let's just and I'm gonna take you know. I guess there aren't ashtrays anymore in a La Quinta Inn in 2017. I'm going to take the Gideon Bible and whap the back of the axe head a little bit to wedge it in so it okay. so that it's got a little bit of a grip. And then let's double bag that, uh, make some notes, and wrap it up tight. Very good, very good. I'll add it to the catalog. I'd like you all to do an alertness roll, the two of you. <laughs> oh, 95. 98. Okay. So you've, you've picked it back up onto the counter. You've wedged the axe back into it, and you've started to wrap it. Just as you start to wrap it, you hear. <laughs> Sorry. I realized my <laughs> microphone was way over there. <laughs> uh... yeah, it, it, you hear a laughter coming from it. A deep guttural sort of laughter. I sense we may have made a mistake. I mean, 
we returned it to the state we found it in. I don't. Maybe uh, we have no phone signal, but a phone will still record. So let's give it. Uh, let's put it in a drawer, an empty drawer in the bureau with a phone, and let it record and see if it says anything useful other than chuckling uselessly. Yeah. No. Like there's um there's no the axe the axe won't fit into the drawer with the head on it. Closet then. Mm. I mean, we're not using these this these the suite of rooms for any of cataloging. So, just stick it in the corner, the farthest corner of the closet. With the, I'll put my phone in there, and we'll see if it makes any noise in the next half an hour. So, uh, yeah, should we, should we do ahead. sand rolls for that episode? Yeah, you can do sand rolls. This is the one or two points of sand. Six. And so I rolled from... an eight on this one. Yeah. yeah so I, one I... or two. It's creepy as hell. Um, all right. So the other agents are heading towards the morgue. Um, you arrive at the morgue, uh, or rather, as you are pulling up to the parking lot, um, you notice a police car that's sitting there. Oh, that's your friend from earlier? Yeah. Muted. It might be Eli. I'll take a note of his license. Okay. So the morgue is this kind of uh, uh, old brick building. Um, you can see that it stood up pretty well to the weather. There are large icicles, of course, coming down from the sides. Uh, somebody has put up yellow caution, those foldy things, uh, so that people don't walk underneath the gigantic icicles hanging down. That would kill you if it hit you. Um, the roof seems to be, uh, it's not not flimsy, so it's a, it's a government building. It seems to be fine. There are uh, maybe four brick steps going up to uh, a double uh, glass door. And of course, there's a sign on the wall that says, you know, County Morgue. Um, you can see lights on inside. There are other cars in the parking lot. All right. I'll walk in like I own the place. Yeah, if you could do okay. the, the sweet talking bones, that'd be great. Okay. There is uh, there is nobody directly behind the counter at the moment. I'm just going to um, walk into the morgue area basement. Okay. Well, it's not a basement. It's a, it's a building. Um, all right, then I'll walk in. All right, you walk in. There are there's a long, uh, narrow, not narrow, uh, uh, you know, cement and brick corridor. Uh, you can see that there are uh, little posters and things on the walls, things to brighten your day because it's kind of depressing working in the morgue. Uh, you can smell, you know, antiseptic in the air. And uh, as you go in, you can see there are some double doors on one side uh, at the end. And uh, there are, you know, cutouts in the doors where you can see through. Uh, oh, I see Officer you... Filigree. 
in any of them? When you, when you look through the doors, you can see filigree there with uh, somebody who looks like he's probably the mortuary, uh, not the mortuary, the, the county uh, coroner. And they are looking at a body. Uh, filigree is kind of, you know, as I'll, I'll knock. Uh, they, they look back over at you, and Filigree goes, Oh, that's the FEMA guy. And I'll open the door. Yeah, it's, it's open. I'll say, uh, Eli, I had a change. Uh, of I can see how much this was weighing on you. Mr. Davidson, um, come inside. You brought some others with you. Yes. I hate to, uh, you know, have uh, have called you off your job. I, you guys are, like I say, nobody seems to be interested in this, but. Well, he's a person too. So. We have been trying to identify you come in, you're introduced all around. Uh, since we've been trying to identify this fellow, um, he's got tattoos on his arm that seem to indicate that he is a Marine. Um, uh, by the way, the, the gentleman, the, the, the body is a, a young black man. Looks like he might be in his uh, early to mid-20s. Um, Clean-cut uh, clean shaven, uh, fairly in, in good shape. Um, uh, but he's got a number of serious scratch marks on his skin. Um, and of course he's got, uh, frostbite and, and so forth. He, uh, he doesn't have frostbite on his feet because apparently he had his socks on. But it looks like he was assaulted. It looks like he was assaulted uh, and, and didn't just die of exposure. Uh, there's what looked like some minor stab wounds. Uh, the, the coroner says they don't look like they're serious enough to have killed him. But perhaps he was running away from something and then ended up in, the, he ended up in a phone booth and uh, curled up on the floor and died, uh, probably of exhaustion and uh, exposure. Would you allow- From that phone booth? Any phone What's calls that? that went out? Uh, Apologies. No. Apologies uh, we, we haven't been able to, to trace anything like that, but- Was there um, any residue under his fingernails? Like he fought back? Uh, actually there is, yes. There's uh, human skin. Yes, but uh, like I don't know what officer Filigree wants with us, but however I can help. Well, I was hoping, perhaps, that based on the phone booth where we found him, that we could see if he came from a house that had power to it, because he doesn't look like he's you know been exposed for a long time, um, that maybe we could go back and find these the houses where he might have come from. Maybe there's other people out there. Maybe we find somebody else. And the filigree says, you know, I'm, I, I'm just trying to do some amateur sleuthing at this point. Was anybody able to find a match 
with the DNA found under his fingernails yet? We can't do any DNA testing or we're cut off from the world. I'd like to examine the body if possible. Okay. Agent Curie, go ahead and do a, do you have forensics or medicine? Um, yes, I do have forensics. Forensics is the better of the two. 27 out of 60. That is a success. Okay. So you're looking this over. You notice um, uh, I, this person is, is lying here. Uh, he's, he's still in his underwear and his socks. Um, but when you, when you sort of peel down the side of his uh, underwear, near his his right buttock, you notice four oddly symmetrical puncture marks in his buttock. Um, uh, they're, they're discolored around the, the four marks. Um, they don't look like cat claws or, or anything like that. They look rather odd to you. And when you put pressure on the skin right there, this yellowish liquid, uh, it's bright orangey yellow, sort of oozes out of those spots. I'll take a sample of that liquid. Um, can I think of a reason for this? I personally can't, but perhaps my agent could. It looks completely <laughs> alien. Okay. I'll take a sample. I'll note it to uh, Bones and Elkhorn as well. Uh, Mr. Lockley or Mr. Davidson. This seems a bit strange to me. How far apart were the punctures? Um, I'd say, you know, they're in a circle about that big. Maybe Does two it look like it was across. made with a tool or a tooth or a claw? Like a, um, do you want to do a, an even you know closer examination of the wounds? Uh, yeah, I would. It looks, what looks odd is two of them are, are, are different than the other two. Um, it almost looks like in both cases, they were punctured by something that must have been hollow. And the surrounding bruising would indicate that two of the puncture marks um, showed that something with a great deal of pressure was being pushed into the young man's body and the other two look the opposite as if something were being sucked out of his body like uh, some sort of pump like syringes mechanism. or strange um yeah not as sharp as syringes more okay almost tooth like yeah like a fang like fangs like fangs yeah can i make so my day job is as a game warden. Okay. I make like a my like a science nature check to see. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what? You don't even have to do that because you kind of know that it doesn't look like any animal that you've ever seen, but it does remind you of snake bites, okay. like or tarantula bites, something that are but those punctures, four? but there's four of them in a circle. Well, Mr. Locklear, does this look, and I'm trying to lower my voice here and, and exclude the others from this conversation, does this look like venom to you? 
circular the... like the the liquid itself does this look like venom have you ever milked a snake before does this is that what that looks like so does this look like something his body produced like pus or does this look like something that whatever bit him deposited your best guess would be is that something was pumped into him and something mm -hmm. was sucked out of him uh, there is lab equipment here you know, I, this is a shot in the dark, but I'm getting like leech vibes off of this. I, I've been bitten plenty of times by those and like, it's not exactly the same, but snakes, snake bites be two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Biters be two. But from pulling them fuckers off of me before, they do make kind of a circle. But not like this. I, I haven't seen anything like this. And I'll confirm, Agent Elkhorn, that it does look very much like that. Only look, much, much larger. My skin's crawling just thinking about the damn yuck. I'm watching Eli. How is he taking this in? He's fascinated. You know, uh, you can you can tell that his motivation is he wants to be Sherlock Holmes and solve this case and then get a promotion. Um, but he doesn't seem, he seemed at first a little squeamish, but he's, his fascination overcomes his squeamishness. Okay. I think we're going to have to bring him along. I'm wondering if this liquid that's coming out of this is like when anything kind of like a mosquito or a leech or whatever they usually have like a it's almost like a topical anesthetic so you don't know when they bit you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but if we have equipment here maybe we could see if there is something like that in this compound honestly we need to strip him down and do a full proper examination if i'm pulling clothes off of him then like he needs to be nude so that we can truly the, the body. Uh, the coroner will be glad to assist if, if that's what you need um, yes. Do any of you have military backgrounds? Yes. I was a Marine. Okay. So what you thought at first were Marine tattoos, you look closer and you realize that he's with the National Guard. Um, your guess would be that there must be, there must be military bases somewhere nearby. Um, they would know if somebody was missing. Right. But we got to check out Skip's house first before we follow up on this. Uh, I'll turn to Eli. What do you say you become our police escort? And we'll check out the, some houses in the area. Well, um, okay. I understand you're yeah. very interested in this. I, I am, in fact, very interested, yes. Um, okay, then... You can ride with us. Well, technically, us. I'm technically I understand. I'm not really on on the job right now. I'm I'm off for a couple of days. But um, oh, what if I said we needed here. a police escort? All right, yeah. I mean, there's ways around it. Um, so Holly, do do a medicine roll. Um, my medicine's quite low. Biology oh. is a lot better. But if you would, we'll do biology. Medicine. That works too. Okay. Uh, uh didn't matter by one point i got an 81 i missed it by one 
Oh, you can't spend luck in this game. Nope. Oh, horrible. Horrible. <laughs> uh, so, give me this. You're you're looking at some of the substance underneath the microscope, and it's it's kind of baffling at first. You're not sure what you're looking at, but it's definitely some sort of an organic compound. Um, and what's really bizarre is you're, you've got a piece of the guy and you've got a, some of this stuff under your microscope. It almost seems like the yellow stuff is converting uh, the flesh into something else. Like it's consuming it and producing a byproduct uh, that's different. Like it's altering its DNA. That's distressing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll have a conversation with Bones and Elkhorn about that. Also, it's doing this at a rather rapid rate. What's it converting it into? I mean, it's this dead tissue now. Like, what's it doing right. with it? it? It's well, you can tell that it's not highly viable at this point. Whatever had done this wasn't intending for this fellow to die. To die. Um, to die. Yeah. But I don't know. You're not sure. It seems to be uh, breaking apart the DNA and reassembling it as something else. Jesus Christ. Okay. Which also makes you I, think that it's not, it's not like a virus. It's more like something that an animal would use to, okay. you know, prepare. Yeah, I think um, this this body, we should consider this body a vector. And once we've learned everything we need from it, we should burn it. And the you know, the incinerate it. Yeah, um, you can also do a uh, sanity roll. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one uh, nope, or one. That is. Uh, then 1d3 sanity. Alrighty. 1d3. Okay, so oh, you end up awesome. doing. Uh, you end up. Uh, Autopsy is going to take a couple of hours. Yeah, it will. Um, if bones are. Mr. Davidson, Mr. Locklear, if you want to follow up on some of our other leads while I finish this up. Sure. Sounds good. I'm going to make some small talk with Eli here. Um, I want to know things like the precinct he's assigned to, um, his chain of command, his badge number, things like that. He's acting a little weird for a local beat cop in the middle of an emergency having days off. You'd think all hands would be on deck for this. So I'm going to try to talk to him a little bit about this. Okay. So he's forthcoming with all of his, uh, his police stuff. Um, he tells you that he's been going already for uh, eight days without a break. Uh, so he was kind of ordered uh, to at least take a day off the, you know, they're, they're doing police stuff. Um, he complains a little about his work environment that the police, you're kind of in a podunk County, 
and uh, there's not much room for promotion. He never, he didn't really want to be a beat cop. He wanted to be a detective. And uh, so he does these things when he's not working just to see if he can get ahead. You don't know whether his, you can't really assess whether he's good at it or not. So but what else? he's he seems honest and forth forth with with all of his information. So what else have you got on this case? Is this your first um, body you found, or is this something else that you're drawing connection, connections to? Uh, well, I mean, to be honest, if I if I had found it, I my first assumption was that it was a homeless person, um, somebody who just died of exposure. It happens, you know. It's not unusual uh, we have the same sort of crime rates as everywhere else lots of meth use and lots of lots of problems like that but in this case he just looked like he wasn't a homeless person uh, and I I went to the back to the station after we delivered him to the morgue and I talked to the chief and the chief was just like look you're making too much out of it it's you know just just let it go. We'll worry about it way after everything is done. We've got, you know, we've the police department has other things to do than spend their resources on this sort of thing. Um, it probably didn't help that the kid's black. Mm. But uh, uh, I didn't think, I thought, you know, this does not look like just a random death. This looks like possibly a homicide. Somebody chased, in my head, somebody chased this kid out and he maybe died of exposure, but he was definitely attacked. And I want to get to the bottom of it. The only way I can think of is see who's home, see who's who's out there, go door to door and ask some questions. I just I need to know where to go. That's why I wanted the power grid. <clears throat> so this kid didn't have any... No ID, nothing. Um, Just his underwear and, yeah, no ID, nothing. And no one's reported anybody of this description missing? Nothing. They might not be able to report. Maybe they don't have a phone. Maybe they're stuck. Mm -hmm. Maybe he got attacked by a dog. I don't know. But where did his pants go? Where did his shirt go? Where did, you know, where did his shoes go? Definitely peculiar. Um, so this is the first of this sort that you've seen? Oh, this? man. Okay. What's the neighborhood like where he was found? Um, mostly, you know, a middle, middle class, maybe middle to low class. Uh, uh, the phone booth was actually in a, a district, you know, that's mostly uh, shops and buildings like that. They're all closed. Mm. So he didn't find any refuge there. But there's there's neighborhoods, you know, all around. Right. Well, I'm sure that we can find a trace on where he's from. And if someone hasn't already reported it, I'm sure that somebody is going to. I'm sure somebody's out there looking for him. Um, you guys are awfully, you know, I didn't think that you female guys were going to be that helpful. But really, all I needed to do was see the grid. You guys seem to be on your on your toes. You know what you're doing. Someone's got to. I hope I'm not taking you away from more important stuff. Well, that's actually where we're headed now. But we wanted to see if we could assist local law enforcement when we can. Right. Uh, 
Jared, you've got the uh, list of locations we're going to first, right? Yes, sir. All right, then I suggest we start driving. Uh, are you going to follow us in your cruiser or? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. All right, skip us. All right. I'll stay with the John Doe and perform an autopsy. Okay. Right. So you um, guys, we'll stop at a couple places first where we know nothing's going on. It's just to convince this guy that we are FEMA until we go straight to skips. Okay. So, okay, you guys leave. You guys are going to go do that. I'm sorry, what was that, uh, Dan? Um, we're in a different vehicle than him, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so what's the plan here if things go tits up when we get to Skip's house? How are we going to explain this to local PD? Well, we'll see how he handles it. And if he handles it well, then potentially we have a friendly to replace the one that is causing trouble. Yeah. It's rolling the dice. It is, but we need all the help we can get. And he probably has his sidearm where we are unarmed. Fair enough. Let's keep an eye on this guy. Okay, so off you guys go. Um, Agent Delilah and uh, Agent Alarm, uh, roll a 10-sided dice. My turn. I got a 10-2. Okay, well, roll <laughs> it again. I should do it again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you eight. find a head in a <laughs> eight. All right, eight. There is something in this bag that feels kind of heavy. Uh, it seems cylindrical, but there's something else in there with it. Um, you open it up, and it is looks like this. Okay, we've got a printing block from yeah. a newspaper. There's a comic on it. Yeah, uh, and it's hard to read backwards. The high cost of some models. Yeah, we need... Uh, Oh heavens! Well, don't don't try to read it. <laughs> I have to have a picture of it. But what you look at when you when you look at it and try to go in reverse is it's in French, um, and it seems to be a comic of some sort. Um, do you have any French? I do not have any French, although it is. A romance language, so one can get, you know, some bits and nouns. pieces. Yeah. I um, mean, I, I could try an intelligence roll. Do an intelligence roll. To get, to see if I can pick out any important nouns or something. Uh, regular success. Okay. Um, Agent uh, Delilah is here looking over at... Uh, uh, Agent Alarm, he giggles a little. Uh, there are uh, a little slightly risque jokes, uh, um, fairly well illustrated. It's really hard to tell well be, unless, you know, you like did a rubbing of the thing or. or... Yeah, we, we need to get back that ink pad and like a large block of paper to get a good mm -hmm. read of it. But it does look like it's it's a comic sheet in a newspaper, or it's a, actually just a comic. Like it looks like asterisk. it might have been, it might have been in a magazine. You guess from the size of it. Um, 
is does the is the top of the page on that roll? Okay. Because so, I'm curious if it's a French newspaper sheet or French magazine, because otherwise you um you start to roll the thing in your hand to find the top of the page, and you keep rolling it, rolling it, and the comic keeps going on and on, oh. and you don't find the top of the page. Oh in fact, you don't find the beginning it repeat. of it. It doesn't repeat, Delilah. It's 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 changing as it goes. Hmm. This is a hell of a green box to leave in this podunk for 15 years. Uh well, we'll have to see. Um, I'm gonna radio over and ask if anybody has French. Just because. Um, I assume that. You're rating on the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a negative. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are things uh, on your side? Well, we have a nosy cop now that's following us around. We're, he might be a potential friendly. He might be a potential liability. We have yet to judge. Uh, the uh, the the uh, roughly carved wooden head uh, wants to move of its own volition, and it and it looked me in the eye, so everything's hunky dory over here. You know that's that's quite a funny joke. Yep, I'm we're just we're, keep it light. We're... You know, it's 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 uh, it's all pretty pretty scary. But yeah, we we've liaisoned, and things are we're trying to keep things under control. Right. Uh, apparently, go ahead. Apparently, uh, a body was found. So, I assigned one of the FEMA operatives to work with uh, the the morgue. While we're going to continue with our analysis of the grid, uh, that body was not anybody we knew was missing or were concerned about. As far as I know, it looked like some a national guard. Understood. Uh, Condolences to his. Um, all right, we're we're uh, we're continuing the organization. Um, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff in this little town. Yes. Rather un unnervingly, unnervingly, agent alarm. When you tell Agent Bones about the head, you hear something kind of knock on the closet door, as if it were hitting the the axe handle even though it's wrapped up against the closet door right okay well uh, i'm sure you've got your hands full we're um we're going to start with that um those important recordings too and get back to you sounds good hey Dave, it's a... Go yeah something just occurred to me um that dead body with the national guard tattoos Let's mm -hmm. check in with the local units helping here and see if they're missing someone from their their ranks. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. But uh, are we almost there? You're 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 almost there. Okay. Um, uh, Agent Delilah, why don't you roll a ten sided dice for me?
Agent Delilah. Uh, I'm sorry, I I completely <laughs> spaced out there. Sorry, what are we sorry. talking about? I just said roll a ten sided dice. Ah, I can do that. Three. Ah, three. So you, uh, there's a box, and uh, it's, a, it's a fairly substantial box. You open it up, and it looks like there are. <clears throat> it looks like there are something inside. A number of things, quite a few things, that look like um, cardboard, torn cardboard. But you know how you can uh, vacuum wrap things. And you use the cardboard, you know, to keep them flat. Mm. There's something vacuum packed against this cardboard and as you pull a couple of them out uh they look like this they are very carefully close them again (laughs) meat with veins veiny meat wonderful if you look closer you can see bits of hair and maybe teeth and each one of them is different they look like letters of the greek alphabet maybe yeah yeah i think that's an epsilon and a delta or lowercase very good mm-hmm. and they're uh, kind of soft a... and squishy but they're yep, gross, under plastic gross 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 no thank you yeah how does the it does that um dark oily material look like the stuff that's dry on the axe handle and on the uh, I don't know you don't know artillery could be, could be. one it, oily black stuff is very much like a oily they black look stuff. Uh, it is it does it look like the stuff on the axe handle seem to be dry and inert are these uh do these move around when tilted they're definitely soft and liquidy oh um, and you're not sure if by touching them, even though there's plastic between you and them, whether they don't sort of react a little. Mm. Yeah. Um, boy, there is not enough ever. Uh, I I want to uh, set one. Is there a, is there a triangular one? Uh, like, like capital the, delta? No, they're all the lowercase letters. All lowercase letters. It's a pity because it would be funny to have a capital for. Um, I want to, so I'll just take one at random, and I want to set it on, uh, you know, the bedside table, and with a light on it, and I'm going to look at it closely to see whether it. Like. Um... Any independent motion. Well, when you do that and you look at it closely and it's got that sort of translucence, you know, to flesh, you're pretty sure that there are veins and things, maybe even little organs of some sort inside of them. And they are... Good God, maybe they're alive. 
this this yeah this tissue seems uh active delilah i'm let's could we maybe we'll double bag these again and yep. like wrap that bag and and put that bag in a box and then wrap that box in another bag and tape it up real good because they're not yep. getting oxygen they're not they shouldn't it can't it's it's unacceptable yeah sanity like rolls. To be very far away from this this is uniquely unpleasant and i failed my sanity roll a bad bad box i failed mine too 1d4 1d4 no smell oh, though only one only one for well, me as well. why would they smell they're alive whoever packed them packed them well um i'm so glad yeah you even can sort of tell which ends is, is the face it's not really a face, but well, they know. seem yeah, they no. seem to have been packed face up so that they can keep an eye out. You don't see an eye, mercy, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They, um, they shouldn't have teeth. No, they shouldn't. Or uh, toothlets. I, I think that's enough cataloging of green box for me for the minute. I'd like to start looking through the CCTV I stole from the. The, the storage unit uh, facility. Um, okay. It's a bit of a brain break from the horrible shit that we're looking at. That'd be great. I think that's a really good idea. I'm going to see if there's... I'm going to go down the hall and raid the snack machine. Uh, do you... What do you... Anything you like? Soft drinks or cheesy treats? If they've got any Twinkies, I, nothing goes down like a good Twinkie. As you, to each are their own, Agent Delilah. All right. So uh, as the rest of you, you turn a corner onto a street. Um, these are all, you know, small uh, one-story bungalow houses. Um, uh, you, you, as you're pulling up to uh, the address... Uh, there is a car in the uh, parking the garage sitting there, right there in front of it, on the, the driveway. Um, and you see when Filigree gets out of his car, he points like this. And you can see that one of the street lights is on. Uh, it's in the middle of the day. However, it's completely packed on top of it with ice, which blocks the light light thing that turns it on so it thinks that it's night but it's on and he says we got power in this neighborhood we're doing a wellness check okay but you know that you have power in this neighborhood because skip's house you can hear blaring music from inside the house in fact it's not just music it takes you a second to figure out what piece of music rock and roll uh, acid rock whatever is playing but it's not just that you can also hear television broadcast you can also hear other music going on in there he's got everything turned up to 11 and he is uh it's just a cacophony of noise that's deadened a little bit by being outside but you can definitely hear it 
you also don't see any light coming through the windows because apparently he's papered over all of the windows with something. And Filigree's like, the hell's this? Oh, this is a public noise disturbance. Yeah, let's have um, Eli stay back in this squad. Why, he's the cop? Should knock on the door and get the music to stop. Because he's siphoning a lot of electricity off the grid. Stressing our systems even more than they need to be. Let's let's get this, whoever it is, to stop. So uh, he walks up to the the door. Um, As you all are walking, you guys are behind him. Um, you, there is, a, you know, there's a door, uh, you, you step up onto the porch, the door is just to the right, um, but there is a window, you know, that would look into like the kitchen or something that's right there. It's completely pasted over, um, with pornography. And so that's probably illegal. And I point to that. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? And he bangs on the door. Knock, 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 nothing. He's not going to hear you. Let's just go in. Well, I mean, there's there's regulations. You can't really just bur- burst in. You think, but you, think you want to be a good detective, don't you? I mean, we could decide that he's you know in distress. We need to. Okay, so he check. is. Open the door. Exigent circumstances. So he tries to open the door, and it is locked. He says, um, "All right, back up." And he steps away. All right. That'd be just a strength check or? Yeah, do a strength check. Mm, nope. Okay. You ah. hit the door pretty hard. It it rattles, but it doesn't open. All right, Bones, you didn't see that. Ow. Dude, this is Here. this is inane. Look at that. And I used to point out the porn again. I'm like, this is a, this goes against my values. Well, how about one of you help me, and we'll both try to shoulder it in. Sounds good. What if Round someone two. sees this? That's that, that wouldn't be good. So I'll help. Him he looks around. It. He says, "I don't think anybody's here. Neighborhood's almost empty. There's a car way down there. Homeowner um, association right. is going to have a field day. So the, uh, whoever helps him." Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys shove against the door. You hear the the door frame crack a little, and uh, another shove, and the door busts open. Uh, you guys are hit by almost deafeningly loud uh, cacophony of uh, noise. Um, you're also blasted by heat. Uh, the temperature inside must be in the 90s. Uh, the heat must be going like crazy, and. Aside from the horrendous smell, which is not dead body, but you know what the smell is. Um, Every square inch of the inside has been papered with pornography, uh, glued up, stapled up. Uh, There are torn up magazines all over the floor uh, where he's gotten this stuff from. It's insane. And it's probably also obvious that he has made a lot of the room sticky. Um, 
the TV is blaring. It's the news, but it's at full blast. The, the radio, everything is just making a horrendous noise. Um, but you don't see anybody. I'm going to turn the thermostat down to 65. Okay. Uh, you turn the thermostat down. It's going to take a long time for that to happen. How about so, the noise? Uh, Eli, what's your procedure for this? He can't hear you. Hey, let's just start clearing rooms. Yeah, I'll start turning off the TV. Okay. Um, you turn off the TV, you turn off the radio, uh, you you cancel all the noise that's going on. Uh, you're in the living room. You can see there's a hallway that leads out. Um, and as you're standing there uh, in the in the living room, getting ready to go through the rest of the house, you look over at the, uh, the arch going into the hallway and walking past the archway going down the hall, you see this uh, completely naked, uh, lightly bearded man. He is uh, emaciated. Uh, he is fully erect. And as he's walking by, he looks like he's in kind of a daze. He gets halfway past the doorway and then suddenly turns and he sees all of you in the living room. And everything happens very quickly. But um, do a do an alertness roll. Filigree. Well, filigree doesn't matter. Pass. Um, all of you, you can do uh, alertness roll. Yep. So this very strange look comes over this man's face. Um, it's a weird combination. It looks like he is immediately red-skinned angry at you for coming in the house. But in his eyes, he's both terrified, he's crying, and he's trying to not react. But what he does is, who's the closest? Uh, Agent uh, Elkhorn, you are the closest. He leaps at you uh, with his teeth bared, and he's just like, Ah, like this coming at you. Um, and grossly, he probably orgasms as he's doing it. Uh, but he is going to full-on attack you with everything that he's got. And he looks like he weighs 90 pounds, like he hasn't eat or drank in days. So he doesn't look like a challenge, but he is going to attack you. Um. Do you want to can fight I, or can I tase him? Um, I don't think you have enough time to get your taser out, but you can you can try to get it out. I think he's gonna get to you first. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna try to fend him off and like uncap that. Okay, do a um what is it? Uh, I believe do we do that... dodge rolls? Okay. Or you're you're gonna try to tase him at the same time. All right, you're fighting back. 
Okay. That is a success on that. Okay. Um, at the same time that he sort of grabs you and he doesn't weigh much of anything, um, you sort of counter by hitting him in the side with your, your taser. Okay. Um, that's happening. What is the, what are the rest of you doing? What's the cop doing? The cop has just stepped back. Like he's what the fuck is going on? He's, I'm going to yell at the cop to do something. What the fuck do you want me to do? Tase him. Um, okay. So you guys are going to talk instead of attack. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Agent Elkhorn, you jam that thing into his side and hit the buttons, and it's what, like 35,000 volts or 150,000 volts. And you see his body shake, and when it does, this look of ecstasy comes over his face. And once again, he orgasms. And as he does... He throws his arms around you and he tries to pull you in closer. And as he does, he opens his mouth and this thing comes out of his mouth that looks like an eel or a, a, a tube. It's got four little fangs on the end of it and it snaps at you and it is going to attempt to bite you in the face. No, no, no. Uh, it doesn't. It misses. But uh, he's now trying to wrestle you to the ground, and he seems to be gaining strength. So he's not incapacitated by the taser? No. Nope. In fact, he liked it. Okay. Here, let me pin this guy down. And he's he's screaming. Now, as you're trying to pin him down, you're also seeing in his face that same sort of horror and tears as he is trying to get you with this thing. Uh, so you're struggling him to the ground. Go ahead yeah, and roll. He got a 98, so. <laughs> um, Filigree doesn't know what to do. He's he's running forward now, taking uh, Elkhorn's thing and trying to pin the guy's arms down. And as he's doing that, I'm going to take his sidearm. Okay. That is harder than you think, but go ahead and try. Probably. Uh, what would you like? Uh, do a do a dex roll. Dex, okay. God, please help. No, I failed. Yeah, you can grab a hold of it, and he doesn't really notice that you're doing it. But okay. he's got one of those um, modern holders where it's really kind of hard unless you're you're you know you're pulling it out in the right direction that it doesn't come out very well. Um, he's like, help, help me. Yeah, we got to get uh, this. Okay. Um, uh, Elkhorn, you can go again. Uh, he is going, he, this thing is now writhing around trying to latch onto you. Okay. So, where are we at? So, Eli is helping me. Is this guy, is he, is he? Cuffed or no, no, no. He is physically flailing and trying to struggle, and you guys are—it's all you can do to hold him down. Okay, all right. Everybody needs to help me get this guy cuffed. I'm gonna try to grab his arms and link the cuffs. Uh, didn't get a good roll. 
Okay. Um, the thing, oof, the thing got a regular. Uh, it got a twelve, but that's just regular. Um, as you are trying to wrestle him around, this leech-like thing uh, whips back and grabs a hold of your arm and bites down into your arm. Okay. You only take one point of hit damage, but it's latched itself onto you. Okay. Well. Um... Uh, actually, it's you, filigree can try. Filigree is filigree is kind of losing his shit. Uh, Keep it together, bones, you son of a bitch. Bones, you can try. All right, I'm taking his handgun. Okay, here pull it out. To, yeah, then I'm going to shoot the thing that's latched on to Elkhorn's arm. Are you going to shoot just the thing, or are you going to shoot my uh, skip? Just the thing. Okay. Go ahead and try. All right. God help me. 10 out of 50. Okay. Okay. So that's regular. Um, you shoot. Go ahead and do a damage roll. Okay. D10, I'm assuming. Yeah. Nine. Okay. You, uh, your bullet strikes like dead center in this thing. That's it's also right next to uh, Skip's head as the bullet goes through. It's also right next to uh, Elkhorn's arm, but your bullet goes through it and into the ground, and it kind of splatters. You've definitely blasted, uh, I probably it? probably severed it. Okay, uh, and this bright orangey yellow stuff splatters all over the ground the thing writhes for a few seconds afterwards and it lets go of Alcorn um, at that point Skip Mills begins to vomit profusely and the rest of this thing which seems to have um, like long snaky filaments all over its back end it comes pushed out of his mouth, and uh, when it when it comes out and he sputters and he gurgles as he does this, uh, he looks up at you and he says, "Thank God!" And then he dies. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can all do constitution rolls. Awful. I passed. 40, almost a crit, not crit, 43 out of 50. Okay. I failed. Yeah, if you fail, you throw up. Uh, and Filigree is going to, what the fuck in God's name, what the fuck? And he's gotten up and he's backing away. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Who the hell are you people? We need to talk. Worm thing still moving around or... Mm. It twitched a little bit, and then it died. Okay. I'm going right for the liquor cabinet and finding the highest proof spirit and just pouring it all over my arm. All of the liquor in the place is gone. It's there. The bottles are there, but... Uh, Jared, try getting it on ice. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do that, and then uh, we must have There's first snow. Yeah. at least in the cop car, right? Yep. I'm assuming. So I'm going to go out where it's I'm going to keep... Uh, Eli's handgun. I'm going to tuck that into my belt. 
I'm going to go to the squad car and get his first aid kit and like clean the whole area. And then, okay. yeah, I can help very cold, like apply snow and ice onto my arm. So agent Elkhorn, you can feel that um, two of the puncture wounds, uh, they have a kind of a, say i mean it it feels as if you've as if somebody has done an injection wrong like uh, you know sometimes when you get a shot the uh the vaccine doesn't go quite in the right spot it makes a big lump in your muscle that's what's happened to two of those spots the other ones don't hurt as much so you can see little bits of blood where those two are do I feel like there's something under my skin in those lumps? Like when you push on it, yeah, that yellow goop, that yellow orange goop kind of comes out. Yeah, I'm gonna cut those open and use like if he has like a like an eye cleaning like saline bottle, like in like irrigate the shit out of that. Okay. Yeah, that's not that hard to do, but you can do one hit point of damage. Okay. Yeah, try the, my best to clean that up, keep it cold, and then uh, I guess bandage over it and occasionally replace the bandage and check to see if anything's progressed. Um, well, it does, it hurts. It's bruised, definitely. Um, but you think you got all that goop out. God. Um, Filigree is now sitting outside on the front porch shaking and freaking out i'm gonna sit right next to him and i'm gonna put my hand on his shoulder what the fuck is going on it was a bit much wasn't it uh what what was wrong so what do you think we should do and i'm gonna gauge his response what do i think you should do i mean call here call the cdc do we what is it? What, what? What? I've never seen anything like that in my life. What was that thing inside of him? You think that the world would be better off knowing or not knowing? Knowing what? Whatever the hell that thing was. Are you guys the men in black? Is this some sort of alien invasion shit? We might be. Can we trust you? What are you going to do about it, Eli? He seems conflicted for a moment. You can see him running it back and forth inside of his brain. And he says, I I want to know. But can you be trusted? I got no. What do you think? I'm going to run to my boss? But I just laugh at me. Everybody would just laugh at me if I told him what I just saw. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. What do you want me to do about it? Well, you going to cover it up. That's a start. Cover it up. Well, um, you're going to very carefully do anything that we tell you to do. Do you understand? Okay. It's for the good of the world. Uh, his eyebrows go up at that, and he's like, oh. Okay. So can we trust you, Eli? Yeah, I think so. 
Good. We got to search the house. Well, fortunately, the monster or alien that was inside of him uh, was shot and not Skip himself. So that's less we have to explain. We need to Elkhorn get Curry, explain what happened, because she might need to examine you. And make sure to keep that on ice. This thing doesn't seem to like the cold. So do you want me to take one of these vehicles and go to go to the coroners and leave you here or Yeah, I'll I'll stick with Eli and we'll you do uh, have a walkie talkies. Yeah, okay. we'll we'll say it in you know such a way that it's not obvious. Uh, but yeah, I'll stick with Eli and search the rest of this place. All right, I'll take. And I'll I have take, his gun, so I'll take our rig so that uh, I didn't uh, steal a cop car. Yep. Okay. So Eli has a lot of questions, um, but he seems very cooperative. Um, he, you, you very quickly can assess that he thinks that he has stumbled on, you know, something like the men in black and that maybe you won't neuralize him and that he'll maybe get in on that stuff. But he doesn't himself know whether he can handle it because he's never, he never believed that any of this even existed, but he knows that something weird's going on. You seem to know more about it. So he trusts that right. you're going to. As I walk him through the house, I'll be like, everything you've heard, most of it is real. And as you say that, you step from the hallway into one of the bedrooms. And in your entire career, in your entire imagination, nothing could quite prepare you for what you see. Um this is obviously his mother's room. Uh, laying on the bed is his mother. His mother? That's his mother? There is a face, there's a head of an old woman staring wide-eyed, opening, open towards you. But the body, uh, it's as if she's been sort of imagine if you took a an eggplant and you cooked it until it was black and then dropped it on the ground and it split open and oozed everywhere that's what's on the bed it looks like she bloated up and then split and fell apart and there's not much in the way of organs on the inside of her body, but there is that orangey-yellow goop everywhere. As if something split her from the inside out and uh, got out. You also notice that the texture of her, well, you don't feel it, but you can see that the texture of her body has been changed. It's almost like she's thick eggshell with this black purpley 
sort of color to it as maybe bruising or whatever, but the goop is all over her. The goop is on the walls, on the floor, and the window is broken. And there is definitely what look like claw marks or foot marks or something that has climbed up the wall and out the window. Something bigger than a snake in a the guy's throat. And filigree screams. And uh, he passes out. And I'll catch him before he hits his head on something. You can do a sanity roll as well. Uh, 93. <laughs> do a 1d6 on that one. All right. One. You're staunch and uh, affected. Oh. Uh, the smell is horrendous. Um, you don't find anything else in the house. But whatever okay. it is went out the window. Yeah, I'll radio that in. Like. So you all hear what uh, Agent Bones is. Skip is uh, taking a permanent vacation, but he has caused some damage that's now running around. Gotcha. I sure hope that there he didn't leave anything behind, like a lit oven or something, because it might take authorities a little while to respond. I'm not so sure that um, until I get back from Curie, how temperature affects this, I'm going to hold off on the fire. Yeah, I'm still That's... working through those test bones, but I'll let you know as soon as I know. I'll babysit the passed out uh, police officer. He thinks we're the men in black. It would be wise to keep up that charade. Doesn't seem that difficult. Um... Do we know of any, I guess you need to, maybe maybe we should put your new friend someplace comfortable and make sure there aren't any other incubators in the house. I mean. Oh, it's just me by myself then. Well, I just mean that um, our our erstwhile friend seems to have been extremely productive in the last couple of days. Um, so if there's a cellar, uh, you know, that, that's why I think the cleanest thing might be bright light. But yeah, for, understood. Everything over here is hunky-dory. Delilah's uh, watching videos. All right. Well, I'll be waiting in the uh, police car with our friend, until I hear back from Curie. Uh, you might as well open all the windows. Right? Yeah, I think that's a good and idea. And turn turn the furnace off altogether. Yes. Save energy. It's an emergency after all. That's right. So, Delilah, you uh, hook up the VCR. You start to watch it. And uh, you can... You can 
probably do a lot of fast forwarding. You can see almost when the storm starts. Uh, you can see the the snow and ice building up. Uh, you see the uh, the tree uh, suddenly cracks and falls over and hits the side of the building. Um, it looks like maybe one thirty in the morning, early in the morning. Uh, you see headlights. And then after a couple of seconds, you see Skip Mills. Um, he approaches, he does almost exactly what you guys did. He looks side to side uh, over the tree into the box. He pull, he's got his flashlight. He climbs up and over the uh, wooden tree, other uh, tree, the wooden tree, um, whatever kind of tree. <laughs> he climbs over the tree and he goes into the box and that's, you then can't see him. And then maybe 25 minutes later, uh, you see him come stumbling out. He stumbles out of the box. He puts his hand on the tree. Uh, he's looking like he's coughing, like he's choking on something. He, he starts to climb up and over the tree and he vomits. And you see this yellow vomit come out. Uh, he keeps grasping at his throat, clawing at his chest, um, uh, and uh, putting his hands on his head like like he's got a headache or something. Uh, and then he uh, eventually he stumbles back towards his car and drives away. So 1.30 a.m. on, oh, where's my dates? Second, the third? Um, the third. Right, the, the first third thing early the in the morning. Uh, as soon as Delilah gets, you know, that, those digits, I want to just radio back and say, um, it, cold does not seem to impede Skip's, in, uh, the cold Skip got, because he, mm. he was only inside for a minute when he encountered his infection. But... Well, my my uh, hypothesis I have is that the cold slows down incubation. Hmm. Well, he, yeah, I mean, he did like it warm, but it didn't, cold didn't prevent infection. Okay, so with that, gee, it's a real shame that the gas was on and there was an electrical fire. Yeah, you know, after these disasters, there's always those aftershocks, you know, a little wire, you know, something, a branch falls and some wires get crossed. Are you yep. going to set that up with filigree knowing? I mean, he definitely well, he's knows. knocked out, right? He's unconscious. Right. Do I have demolitions? I do not. I have... Well, if you just tell me how you're going to do it. Yeah, There's is there definitely a... a lot of burnable paper in the Great. Hey, you know what? I think I'll search the backyard for a grill and a propane tank and I'll shove that into the oven. Okay. And get out of there. All right. And you're taking him with you? Yeah. You've got the cop car. Mm -hmm. All right. So 
after all of this, um, Agent Alarm, uh, there were some stacks of uh, yellow pads. You you start to look through them. The top pad uh, is this. Uh, Delilah, I've got some more text. If you want me to take it into another room so you don't hear it. No, no, no. Go, go for it. I'm, I'm happy to listen. Okay, so we've got a bloody legal pad. There's a note, November 3rd, 1981. Suicide note, Ryan Whitehead, former author and journalist. Oh, wow, that's, ugh. We should put two pairs of gloves on. Former author and journalist, resident San Francisco, California, self-inflicted gunshot wound, suspected of murdering two collectors. All right. So the suicide note reads, this is the end of it. I once had a career. I was cocky, but things got too strange. When I try and remember the things I saw, it all scratches and rustles in my head like a nest of hornets. I tried. I tried to write it down, but it's never right. The jungle, the horrible dreams, the night sweats. Now I'm fucked. I have tried to drown the pain with drugs and alcohol. It's burned into me. I tried, but there's no getting this out of my soul and onto the page. I have hit the limits of fiction. There ain't nothing like them in the history of the world. There aren't words that can make any sense of it. It's a flavor of terror that has no equivalent. But maybe it was actual journalism all along. No fiction in this madness, only the banging and the scratching nightmares. I'm very tired. I'm tired of this madness, tired of feeling like there is no future for me. Nothing can save me from what I have seen. I thought I could write it down. I can't cope anymore. I'm sorry. This is it. The last thing I will ever write. I'm sorry. I don't think you will understand this fully, but whatever you do, don't open the box. We can uh, leave it there. Come back next time. Uh, I will tell you that there are quite a few yellow legal pads in the stack that you can go through. Ah, our players included Holly Buto, Riley Kruger, Alex Sun, Dandapolis, and David Gasway, with yours truly as the handler. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Spotify, iTunes, or Podbean. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Delta Green role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.